What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Sean and I jumped right in with a Wednesday mix today, and we talked MLB. The season is finally wrapped up. We previewed the Wild Card Series, talked a little Yankees and Mets there. Following that, we talked college football, and then we recapped week four of the NFL season and moved on to week five. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports and enjoy the pod. We'll be talking to you soon. setup we got going on here i mean wednesday's perfect obviously for the nfl lines get locked up and and last week's done this week's upon us uh the lines are pretty much locked up we know who's playing we know who's not at this point for the most part outside of maybe daniel jones um so yeah i I think it's perfect me too i'm looking forward to doing this one um you know with everything that you said and the sports calendar is coming into an absolutely awesome spot right now with the playoff baseball and heading into week five of the NFL. We got college football. We've got the NBA starting soon. So it's we're ready to go, man. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I am very excited. We got our preview coming up. I don't know if we set a date in stone, but it's it's we better get it soon. Yeah, well, opening day is a week from Tuesday, so we've got about 13 days to, to lock one in. There we go. Okay, we'll figure that out. I have no doubts. But, Tom, we're going to start today's pod by talking about the local New York teams in baseball and then also the playoff seating, which is officially set. The regular season ended today. Before we get into any of that, did you feel like this season went by really fast? I felt like this was by far the quickest season of any season since I've been a fan and watching. Yeah, I just think... The, regular, the beginning of the regular season was, was the normal pace, but then once the All-Star break hit, it feels like the All-Star break was a week ago. I know. like they were The Yes Network put out like the most memorable moments of this Yankee season. I'm like, that was this year? Felt like that was last year. Like, Jesus. Yeah, it has gone by fast. We've also been busy boys this year. We've been very busy, and as we've talked about, we're a little more mature than we were once upon a time, not watching all 162 games, but... Uh, yeah, anyway, the regular season is over, and Tom, the Yankees finished with 99 wins. Uh, of course, and Aaron Judge hit number 62. We're going to talk about a potential playoff uh, roster and all that good stuff and you know, guess on who they might end up playing. But were you – I mean, I, I was really starting to doubt, man. I was really starting to doubt he was going to get it. Yeah, I mean, I stopped caring uh, a long time ago, probably – Pretty close after we did this pod, I, I stopped caring. I was so much more concerned with the Triple Crown, which he didn't get, I'm pretty sure. I checked no. uh, yesterday, and he was a couple of points behind the guy on Minnesota. Um, but, yeah, I'm happy to see him get it. Um, and then I, I really wanted to see them get over the 100-win hump, but they didn't do it, and that's okay. They still won the division. Yep, won the division going away. Uh, always great to clinch it the week before the season ends. Um, so they could kind of rest guys and, and do all that. And, yeah, man, I mean, it was great to see him hit at 62. But 
I mean, just with the ESPN cutting into every at bat, like we've talked about it, but I'm like, this isn't the record. Like we can talk about the tainted, you know, steroid use of Bond, McGuire, and Sosa. It's the American League record. This is great, right? But like, baseball is a is a local sport. It's not national. People don't give a shit about this unless you're a Yankee fan living in New York or or anywhere else in the country for that matter. Like myself down here in Austin, I don't even care that much about it because I want the Yankees to win. That's obviously what Judge wants too, first and foremost. So glad he got it, and glad this is over and done with. No doubt about it. I'm definitely glad he got it. Like I said, I would have rather seen him get the triple crown. Uh, most importantly, get both, but. I'm happy it's over with. I'm happy he did get it just to kind of stick it to the Boston fans chirping in my ear that he's not going to get it. I am. That's the only reason why I'm glad about it. Only disappointment from this season was that the Mets had more wins than the Yankees, but tougher, tougher division Yankees playing, but still the Mets had more wins. That's the only thing that upsets me. Well, I'll say it's not a tougher division than the Yankees playing. I'll say that the team ahead of them was better than any team the Yankees have to deal with. But let's keep in mind that they do get the Nationals' worst team in baseball, and the Marlins one of the worst teams in baseball. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. I think the I think the uh, Yankees are in a tougher division because I mean, you look at it. Baltimore was, you know, you got Baltimore, you got Tampa, and even Boston will always give you a run for your money. Where literally you have the worst team, in, probably was that the worst team ever in Washington. Oh, my God, dude. It's right up there. Well, Pittsburgh, too. Jesus Christ. Now that I think of it, two of the worst teams ever this year alone. Um, And then you also have uh, Miami, which has some young studs on it, but they're nowhere near. No, they're a terrible team. Um, But, yeah, the Mets won 100 games. We'll get into them in a second. But, yeah, Tom, the Yanks finished with 99. Judge gets 62. And I think we got to talk about this roster construction for the playoffs, man. It's it's going to be really interesting to see where they go. I mean, I think it's pretty much set in stone. Cole's going to start game one on Tuesday. But where does the rotation go in your eyes? Do you go Nestor, then Seve? Do you go Seve, then Nestor? Do you have a fourth starter with the layout of the series? Like, Talk to me about what you would be doing Three if you starters. were drawing up this whole thing. Three starters. You have an emergency starter and tie on ready to go in case you need him. You go Cole. That's already cemented. There's really no argument there. Sevy's hot as hell right now. You throw him. I think he's pitching the ball really well. And then you go nasty Nesser for three. That's how I feel about it. If Sevy didn't have these last couple starts that he did, including the no, no through seven when they pulled him. Um, well, he got, he got hit in the, uh, what was it? The eighth inning. Right. And then they pulled him. Oh, no, they just took him out after I was, seven. I thought so. I was confused uh, as to what happened. But regardless, he's dealing. I think you go with the hot hand there and then Nestor in the third game. It's a pretty good idea. I think they're going to go Nestor and then Sevy to break up the righties, but I think it's also going to be dependent on the matchup. We don't know who they're playing yet. Yeah, let's. Uh, it's more of a wait and see kind of thing. I, I would rather talk more about the roster in general than the starters because I think you got to wait to see who you're facing before you decide who's starting. Well, I was interested to hear you say that you're going to go with a three-man rotation, and I think that's right because the the layout for this series is weird. It's like Tuesday, then off day, Thursday, then off day, Saturday, Sunday, off day, Tuesday, if it goes all five. So yeah, I was going to say it's really best of five. It gives Cole enough time where, God forbid, you get to a game five, you can throw him. Yeah, or you could throw them in one and four and then 
pick your pick your choice. I mean, like you said, if you can you can make that decision on who's starting game two based off who you feel better starting well, game five. Also, yeah, exactly. If you want to go cold game four, he loses it or or whatever, and you end up going to uh, you end up going to a game five. You can start Severino and then have Nasty Nestor come out of the pen and kind of be your bridge to you know whoever your closer is going to be at this point. It's going to be a closer by committee, which is really weird. Uh, Don't feel speaking, good about that. No, you can't, man. Generally speaking, championship teams do not go closer by committee. Name but the this last is just one. The way the Yankees are in, I can't. <laughs> exactly my point. I mean, hey, let's yeah. let's defy physics here, or whatever you want to say. That's what <laughs> I'm rooting for. But I mean, it. You, do you feel comfortable? I, it makes me feel very uncomfortable. They're going to say we're going to pick our lanes and we're going to, you know, deploy certain guys in Fuck the higher leverage situation. We've never seen it happen before. That's the thing. We haven't seen it happen before, and we haven't seen it happen with a lot of this many question marks in the bullpen, too. It's not just that you don't have a definitive closer. I mean, I'm looking at right now, right? You're going to have Peralta, who hasn't pitched in about two weeks. He's going to be back for the ALDS. You've got Scott Efros, who's only pitched in two or three games since he came back from injury. I'm throwing Jonathan Loisaga out there. I'm looking at Clay Holmes. Is he healthy? Is he effective? I'm looking at Lou Trevino. I'm looking at Clark Schmidt. And God damn, I think I might be looking at Araldis Chapman. That's a lot of names right there. That's a lot of names. And honestly, and you really didn't give currently constituted on October 5th of 2022, you really didn't name one that I was like fully balls to the wall confident in either. Absolutely not. Yeah. I didn't read anywhere. I was like, Oh, that feels really good to say. No. And it's like, if you want to talk about earlier in the year, obviously Clay Holmes and a few other guys you're confident in. Not right now, man. It's, it is really scary, and maybe they can piece it together and, and play their lanes or whatever the quote was that you used that I'm sure they said. But, you know, I mean, I haven't seen – you're like you're talking about guys that haven't pitched in two weeks. I was going to say, Wani Peralta, I feel like I haven't seen him since pre-All-Star break. I mean, you're talking about guys that haven't pitched in two weeks, guys that have pitched terrible. I mean, the bullpen is not in a place where you want it to be going into October. It's not, and that's where I do think that they're going to use the versatility of Jamison Tyone and um, Domingo Herman. Both of those guys who have been anchors in the rotation, those now become distance guys. Well, what's Herman up with Frank the Tank? Better stuff. Well, he yeah, there there hasn't been a report on him, so I don't I don't know. I, I'm going to assume that he's not on the division series roster unless I, we hear something different in the next few days. But I'm going to assume that he's not. So then it's like your your bulk guys can be Schmidt, can be uh, Herman and Tyone. But yeah, man, I mean, it's just for for a team that won the division, you know, pretty easily despite a little rough patch in August. I mean, God, they have more question marks, it seems like, just about anybody. No doubt about it. It all comes back to the bullpen. And and the it problem is, is that they're all question marks, up and down. Yep. No, they all are. And, you know, the other question marks here is this is going to be a very – this is going to be a very clunky um, position player roster too, Tom, because – 
you know, when Mayhew came back, it looks like he's not 100%, but he's able to play. Torres has been locked in over the last month. You don't want to take ABs away from him. You know the defense that Donaldson's going to give you, and he has had the knack for the big hit this year. So now you're kind of dealing with who's going to play where, and are they going to simply go matchup-based? And then you're going with the dark horse that might be Matt Carpenter. He's been swinging in Somerset trying to get ready for the division series as a potential pinch hitter guy off the bench because Lord knows he's not going to play any field. No, and I mean, if you can get a little bit of that spark that he had throughout the season, that'd be incredible. I mean, that story is just built for playoff you know, like a Matt Stairs or a Raul Abanez of a few years back or a Swisher later on in his career where he just comes off the bench and hits you a big home run. Great analogies right there. Thank you. Yep, I agree with you. I think that's what the Yankees are banking on. I assume that they're going to have their – well, they're going to have their two catchers. You got DJ, probably Tim LaCastro, or um, – Oswaldo Cabrera is going to be your left fielder. So there's versatility right there. But, yeah, man, there's just so many question marks with how they're going to put this roster together and then eventually deploy all of these different options that they have. Well, most importantly, you got Stanton playing, you got Judge playing, you got Glaber hot, and Rizzo is back. So that gives you a little bit of hope there, doesn't it? Oh, it sure does. And, you know, what gives me even more hope is the fact that they're locked into a, a best of five to start. There's no wild cards bullshit. There's none of going on the road to start. You're, you're hosting it in the Bronx. The first two games are given, and, you know, you've got a really strong rotation. It's amazing to me, dude, that Cole's the biggest question mark and concern out of a rotation that has Cortez, who's never pitched in a, a playoff game before, and Severino, whose last playoff performance was in 2019. It was good, though, wasn't it, from what I remember? Yeah, he pitched. I think his last start was game three against Houston, uh, ironically against Cole. Yeah. Well, listen, the, we got a lot of question marks, but we got to be happy to be here. Let's enjoy the moment. And and maybe my cousin should have bought those CS tickets. I don't know. Am I getting ahead of myself here? I think I am. <laughs> you might be. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're about five days away from this start of the division series and Tom now let's move over to the crosstown Mets I know we kind of go second with them but that series in Atlanta I mean that was just an absolute collapse I know that word's been used with the Mets a lot but I can't think of any other word they were up by 10 and a half games in the NL East in June and they just coughed it up yeah I mean, a lot of Mets fans in my life, I kept the fucking receipts, let me tell you. And I know I root for the Mets, but I don't root for the Mets fans because they are fucking assholes. And I made a lot of phone calls. <laughs> I made a lot of phone calls. I talked a lot about it at work. Um, just just pathetic. Just this team forgot how to hit, and then they somehow forgot how to pitch. And you're going into a wild card telling me, oh, well, we got a healthy DeGrom. We got a healthy Scherzer, somewhat. We got a healthy Bassett. Where the fuck have those guys been the last month and a half? Dude, it makes me feel like an idiot. And because all we said yeah, in the me summertime too. was, you know, they're set for a wild card series. You line up your three starters and they can beat anybody at any time. True. But we just saw them use that strategy in Atlanta in the biggest series in Mets in the Mets franchise in like seven years and all three of them 
shit the bed. And I had this thought, you know, Scherzer obviously is proven he's a World Series champion and he came up big for the Nats in 2019. But DeGrom has not pitched in a, in a meaningful game playoff-wise since 2015's World Series. Yep. And Buck Walter, we love Buck, right? We all agree he's a tremendous manager. And this team did win 100 games, but expectations shift. It's not just 100 games. You had a fucking stranglehold on this division and you coughed it up. If this was Aaron Boone and that was Garrett Cole giving up those runs and and not not using guys in situational spots, we're we're completely eviscerating those guys. And I felt like Buck avoided a good amount of criticism and I feel like it's well with Scherzer and DeGrom, it's Scherzer and DeGrom, it's fine. Yeah, and I mean I don't know, you're gonna be left standing there saying it's Scherzer and DeGrom when you lose when you lose this uh series. I don't feel good about the fact that they can't hit what you said. No, this offense is anemic right now. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Uh, uh, Alonzo is a different player when there's no runners on base ahead of him, and there really is no runners on base right now. Um, and, and San Diego's got a really good team out there. No, they do. I mean, if they were in any other division, I feel like them and the Mets are, are mirror images of each other, right? If they were in any other division, they're they're not even talking wild card. Yeah, so the Mets, I'm assuming, have what, what, what is this setup? The best of three, right? In the wild card, it's a best of it's a best of three, and they're all in City Field. Okay, that's got to make you feel all right. I would love to go to one of those games. I got to hit up my other my other co-host, which you haven't done the podcast in a while, because he's a Mets season ticket holder, and find out if he got an opportunity to get any tickets oh that would be a sweet snag right there yeah go down on friday or saturday night why not that'd be a lot of fun it really would i mean who's pitching i'm guessing it's the grom scherzer bassett against to uh musgrove darvish and snell so you asked that hypothetical question as a perfect segue because i have queued up here on the notes what would you do? What the Mets might do here, if the if they're trying to worry about the Dodgers series? I know you don't want to necessarily bank on that before you win the wild card, but here's what Joel Sherman reported today that they're going to lean towards starting Scherzer Friday, but they might leave Degrom out of the first two games to set up what could be a, a game one start against the Dodgers. I don't. I don't like that. I don't like counting your, what do they say? Counting your chickens before they hatch. I, I do I not like it. that. I don't like that at all. I mean, I guess that gives you the opportunity for if you go into a game three, you can just throw DeGrom in there instead because it's, you know, it's a game seven essentially. You go balls to the wall then. You play your best players. But I I don't like that. You're not playing, you're not playing the fucking the, the Pirates here. This is a very good team. A really good team. Um, you've got Juan Soto, who's a Met killer and also has done it on the biggest stage when he was with Washington a few years ago. Yeah, man, I don't like it either. I would say, hey, worry about the division series when you get there. Throw those two horses out there. Secure the series. Maybe get an extra day's rest uh, by not having to play that game three. I think you're right with, uh, with the order of uh, San Diego starters and you know Darvish I saw that he owns the Mets he's five and one in September it's and on top of year. that four they're four and two against the Mets this year yeah I, I 
I don't like that, man. I, I just don't like... Like, you you haven't won dick. The Bucks never won anything. This team has not won anything. You're not coming back as the defending champs. You need, to, you need as the Mets right now, to get into the division series. Come on. And Ed Bassett's not a bad guy to start that series. No. Not at all. Especially when you're backing him up with probably Scherzer, DeGrom... Whomever. Yeah, and if you need Walker or Carrasco to give you a start, you can do that. I, I'm with you. I don't understand the thought process of worrying about a series that doesn't exist yet. Go. I think they're series. just out thinking. They're trying to fucking outsmart themselves, and it's going to end up biting them in the ass. Does it remind you of a couple of years ago when the Yankees opened with Garcia and then threw Hap in? Oh, yeah. Hap. Oh, God. Remember that name from the past. Um, yep. The last thing I wanted to say about the Mets and Braves, obviously the Braves, they are, I think they're the best team in baseball right now. I know what the Dodgers record is, but they have some questions about their postseason roster. The the, the Braves are the defending champs. And, and yeah, Strider, I don't know if he's coming back, but I was going to say this. You know, there's this whole narrative around the Yankees, right? Baseball, too many home runs, too reliant on the home runs. I'm going to ask you a question. Who hit more home runs in that three-game series? Which one again? The Mets Braves, and the Braves. Braves Mets. Yeah, I know it was the Braves, right? They had seven home runs, and the Mets had two. And they swept. You know them. who won that series going away? Yep. It's not a matter of two relying on home runs in the playoffs. When the moments get bigger and the pitchers get better, you need guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark, particularly when the pitcher on the uh, on the mound gives you a, a freebie like a walk or a hit by pitch. Mm-hmm. And the Mets don't. Don't really have that guy outside of when Alonzo is really hot and occasionally Lindor. Yep, no doubt about it. Um, I am. I'm not. I'm not confident in my Mets right now, and, and I'm a Mets. I'm a Mets. I root for the Mets, the team. I don't root for the fans. Fuck you guys. They're really, really just. They're terrible. They're I'm disowning Queens. You owned Queens. I owned Queens for a brief period of time. I did. <laughs> But I'm disowning. I hope, it. Get, <laughs> I hope you get a nice little, a nice little chunk of change for Queens. I don't know how many people want it. Um, but let's let's segue into some predictions for these wild card series. Tom, we'll start with that Padres Mets series. Who do you like, and how many games? I'm gonna ride with my boys, the Mets, in two. Mets in two. They take them both. I'm gonna shock you here. I think the Padres are gonna win in three. Not a bad pick. Uh, mine was kind of a homer pick. Um, you know, my heart is telling me go with the Mets. I think they – do they come to their senses and just throw to Grom out there? I think then they definitely get it in two. Um, but it, not a bad pick at all by you. I just don't like where this offense is at, man. And that series against Atlanta, their bullpen's not very good outside of Diaz, obviously. Um, I just think San Diego's a little bit better of a team right now. Um Phillies Cardinals. How do we see that series look going? We have the winner playing Atlanta. I got the cards. It's at home for the cards. And I just think that they have a better team. Phillies got hot towards the end of the year. I'm glad they finally made the postseason with all the money they spent and all the players they went out and got. But cards have a much better team top to bottom. And pool host, it's destiny. You know what? That's such a great final point. I didn't even consider. I'm with you. I'm riding the Cardinals. I'm going to say they're going to get um, get the series in three as well. It's hard to win two straight, and Philly 
can score runs. Let's move over to the AL, Tom. We'll start with the Rays and Guardians. I'm going to give you a two-point. Not only answer the question, who wins, but then say who, from a Yankee perspective, you would rather face. <laughs> I don't like playing this game. I don't want to play that. I'd rather face a I'm game. I'm going to make you play this but, game. Come on, you have to. Um, I, I'm going to go. I think the Rays win it, but I'd prefer to face the Guardians. I just think – I know the Guardians have given the Yankees – fits in the playoffs but the Rays are just ugh, that that massive they're not a thorn in your side they're a full tree in your side <laughs> yeah no they fucking are man now I will say this this Rays team is not the quality of the team that beat the Yankees in 2020 yeah yeah, yeah. And I don't want to go to Tampa I don't care pretty well this year I'm with you I don't want to go to Tampa either but we're looking at a Cleveland team that the Yankees have had success with in the postseason dating back to 2017. But this is a very different team. Tristan McKenzie's been awesome. You've obviously got Bieber, and they have Class A, who's the best closer in baseball right now. And they've been right there with the Cardinals as the hottest team in baseball uh, since the All-Star break. I'm going to take the Guardians to win that series. And, yeah, well, answer my question. Who would you rather play? Or answer your own question. Don't skate. Yeah. I think I'd rather play the Rays this year. Okay, all right. I just I hate seeing that that shitty field with that shitty dome and that shitty blue. Uh, it gives me nightmares. As it should. I don't like any of that shit either. But I just don't think this is the same Rays team that we saw a couple years ago. Final Tom, the Mariners. They broke the streak. First playoff appearance in twenty one years. They're going to be in Toronto. The winner will play Houston. Make your prediction on this series. I think I, I. You know what? With Barrios being borderline terrible this year, I know they've got. Um, I know they've got what's his face. What's the other Manoa as their as their ace there? I don't care, man. The Mariners are hot. Is Rodriguez out still? No, he's back. He's back. That's another plus for me. I love that Castillo addition. I'm going with the Mariners. You know, I am too. Uh, I agree with you about the Blue Jays. I don't like their rotation outside of Manoa. The Mariners are going to throw Castillo, Ray, and Gilbert. I mean, that's a really, really good starting three. And their bullpen's ridiculous. Yeah, and they always find a way to score a run. So, give me them. Yep. Should be a lot of fun, man. I I love these best of threes. I think baseball's finally got it right. You want to know what? And And I love not being a part of it either. I love being able to enjoy it as an innocent bystander. That might be my favorite part. Amen to that, my man. Amen to that. All right. Let's move into some college football, Tom. The season's starting to heat up a little bit. I'm going to just run down some rankings here. Bama moved to number one after Georgia's shaky win. Do you agree with that at all? Do you not really care? No, I agree with that. I mean, if Missouri if Missouri had a little bit more talent, they were I, – I watched this game, and, and Georgia had to make a – I'd say a fierce comeback towards the end of that game. I mean, they didn't take the lead till a minute and change left. If Missouri had a little bit more gas left in the tank, I really think they could have won this game. And Georgia is showing some chinks in the armor. I definitely think Alabama deserves to be number one. My number one is USC, but that's that's a future homer pick. Well, we know that. Uh, don't worry. They're, they're sitting at six right now. Um, let's talk about the Bama win. Uh, Bryce Young suffers a shoulder injury. It's a sprain. Not considered to be too serious, but Saban hasn't announced if he's going to play this week against A&M. They won 49-26, Tom. They were up 28 nothing 
on Arkansas. Arkansas came all the way back, scored 23 and answered. And then Jalen Milrow, the backup quarterback, just went nuts and Bama won going away. But was there anything from this game that you saw that concerns you about their ability to beat A&M on Saturday? To be honest, nothing that concerns me more that motivates me to let Bryce Young get that rest. I mean, I know there's a Heisman watch on and whatnot, but if you're trying to win a national championship and Alabama looks somewhat down this year compared to other years, um, at least defensively a little bit, you need Young to be healthy. Let this guy go out there and sling a little bit against the Texas A&M team that's already down and out. Yeah, A&M, they are not good. They lost to Mississippi State and the crazy madman Mike Leach, your boy. Um Georgia, we mentioned they beat Missouri 26-22. It felt more like they held on against Missouri and supposed to actually beat them. Uh, Michigan killed Iowa. They're at four. Clemson beat NC State. They're at five. Um, the NC State game, they're at 14. You know, the ACC actually doesn't suck this year when you factor in both of those teams. Yeah, Wake, Wake Forest well. has been making a little noise this year. I mean, they've got some good teams. Um, West Virginia's look pretty good. I mean, they, they've got – some teams that can give Clemson on any Saturday a run for their money. Agree with you totally, which is nice to see. Uh, it's about time we got some parity in that conference after a few horrible years. USC, your boys there, Tom. Uh, number six, they beat Arizona State easily, and it looked like uh, it looked like Williams just he was not going to have any of any of the crap that he was taking from the week before. Now he's the best quarterback in college football, and he's still got a year left. He's so good, man. He's so good. Um, Oklahoma State, talking about good. I know this was once your darling team, but no more. No more go. That was last year. They're at at number seven. I actually think it's been a few years because then you went Mississippi State, and now you're all in. Well, no, last year was the year where they almost made it to the playoff, but then that goal line play happened, if you don't remember. But me rooting for Oklahoma State after Gundy put that stupid-ass T-shirt on, me and Chuba Hubbard. Obviously, great running back, Carolina Panther. We were both out on him. No, there's a reason to be out on them. And he, he, but I, I got to tell you what, this for in a in a division in a conference rather where defense is not known to be all that good, their defense is awesome. And if Sanders can just not turn the ball over, I see this team continuing to win. But they beat Baylor, who was ranked 36-25. Penn State is at ten. They beat Northwestern in a boring Big Ten game, seventeen seven. They look good though. They're a really good team this year, man. They're a really good Their team. Their defense is stout. It really is. Ole Miss is at number nine. They be, they beat Kentucky. They held on. Kentucky was driving late, and uh, Ole Miss forced a fumble. 22-19. Kentucky's at 13, so they didn't fall too far. And then back into the Big 12, TCU's at 17, Tom. They beat Oklahoma 55-24 in a route, and Oklahoma is out of the top 25. SEC what? You're going into the SEC with this? <laughs> oh it's bad they better it's retool bad. they have to retool they have to find a new coach they need to get their quarterback game back on track and we know that defense has a propensity to struggle at times back into the Pac-12 UCLA at number 18 they beat Washington who's now at 21 40 to 32 which I actually called towards the end of that game it was pretty fun and then we saved the best for last time Will Smith's Number 19 ranked Kansas Jayhawks, the 5-0 and Kansas Jayhawks, with a really nice win, 14-11 over a frisky Iowa State team. You just can't make this shit up. The kid adopts them as his team. Less fraudulent 
I, one of these days, I really am going to make him sign up for a certification from Kansas. But he finally decides to go all in on one school. And they're having, what, the best season they've had since, I don't even know. Like 07, I think. Yeah, I mean, I can think of like two players that have made it to the NFL on their team. The guy, Chris uh, Harris, cornerback Chris Harris, pro bowler for the Denver Broncos, and um, Akeem Tlaib. Akeem Tlaib. Yep. yep. Look at that. I'm fucking – I'm a college football savant. Dude, I'm it's telling you, man. Head. You are – from the from this podcast four years ago where it was like pulling teeth to get you to mention one thing about college football. Now you're rattling off former Jayhawks. This is something special. But, yeah. Will, seriously, man, enjoy this. This is a really cool story. The Big 12 is wide fucking open. And, you know, they're winning in a lot of different ways. They've won some higher scoring games, and they win a game like this, 14-11. And those players are believing, man. No doubt about it. Speaking of Kansas, probably the biggest game to come to Kansas in, I don't know, ever? Number 17 next week, TCU is facing off against number 19, Kansas, in where the hell are they? Where where do they? They're in Lawrence. Lawrence, Lawrence is that Lawrence, Kansas? I'm guessing, yeah. Yep. <laughs> that would make sense. Um, I mean, I think TCU is gonna fucking put a mollywop on them, but I don't know. I mean, uh, Will's gonna be rooting hard. TCU is a super good team. They score a fuck ton of points, but you never know. I mean, you, we see it every week, man. These these games where that student section is nuts and the stadium's rocking and the players are simply just feeding off of that because they're college kids, that could be enough to, to rattle TCU for a bit. A little bit of bedlam in Lawrence, Kansas. I love it. And then, uh, yeah, so that, that rattles off the week five slate. The, the season's finally kept, really heating up now, man. There's some great matchups, and we'll get into that. You just mentioned TCU, Kansas. Alabama's hosting A&M. It's not the game that I thought this was going to be in the preseason, especially after last year when A&M upset Bama uh, in College Station. I don't think we're going to see an upset in Tuscaloosa this week. No, I don't give a shit if they have, uh, you know, I, I don't even know. I was going to say John David Booty come back, but he played for USC, <laughs> right? That was yeah, a USC a general, product. There's a general Booty. I don't know if you saw his name. He's a quarterback for uh, Oklahoma. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That team is booty. So, um, <laughs> nice. uh, thanks. Um, but yeah, you could have anybody play quarterback for Alabama right now, and I think they're going to win by at least 10 points. Yeah, Milrow, I, I liked everything I saw from him, you know, coming into the game last week, especially when they had an engineer um, and, and make sure that they didn't that they didn't lose that 28 point lead. Auburn at Georgia. This is interesting because Auburn's not ranked. They're not particularly great, but Georgia, I mean, Tom, they're down to two, as we mentioned. And after that game against Missouri, I mean, do you have complete confidence that they're going to just go out there and wax Auburn, or is this a get-right game? I think this is a get-right game, but it's more concerning on the grand scheme of things for Georgia. I mean, I know Stetson Bennett. Was it Stetson Bennett That's their quarterback? You got it. You I know he won. Them, I know he won them a national championship last year, but they need to go in there and get a five star. They really do. Somebody that could really plug the holes when they're when everything else is going wrong for them. You see that with so many other schools, like in Alabama, like a Clemson, where these guys can be just stoppers. I mean, Bryce Young really comes to mind when teams are coming back. They need a guy like that in these situations. 
I agree with you. And the de- defense, obviously, we know how much talent they lost. It's still a really good defense, but they're not they're not the same dominant team. And, and that's the thing, whereas if they're not scoring points offensively, that defense is not going to just completely hold another team down. So that's an interesting game on the slate. Ohio State, who's ranked number three now, they got Michigan State. This has been a game in years past where Michigan State has pulled an upset. But I don't know about you. I don't see that happening this year. No. Michigan this year, no. Michigan State's not that good, and that quarterback for Ohio State. I think Ohio State might they might jump if they beat Michigan like fifty to twenty or something like that. They might jump to number two if Auburn can keep it close. You know, I, I've been I was thinking about the rankings, and again, it's too early in the year to get too bent out of shape about it. But you think about that Alabama barely win at Texas. You've got Georgia barely winning against Missouri. Ohio State has not had it really any close games. Their closest game was week one against Notre Dame, and when you look at that game, it really wasn't that close. They just got off to a slow start. Uh, but that, they've been the most dominant so far. Tennessee is up to number eight, Tom, and they're going to go to LSU, who's ranked for the first time this year. They are at number 25. And listen, his fake accent is despicable. He's pretty despicable. But Kelly really has those guys playing well. Yeah, I think LSU is going to get this win in the Swamp at home. Wow, you're predicting the upset, huh? Yeah, I, I I really don't even consider it an upset. I think LSU should win this game. Tennessee's really good this year, man. I know they are. I know, but you this is why you go out and you get a big-time head coach like this, and it, it, you're in the Swamp at home, and you're ranked. You ought to win this game. Death Valley, LSU, I mean, that's... That's a tough place to go play. So if Tennessee wins, they'll have earned it. Uh, any upset alert for Oklahoma State hosting Texas Tech? No, Oklahoma State's going to fucking roll them, especially because they have a defense. Agreed with you. And then the last two, we got number 11 Utah and number 18 UCLA out in the Rose Bowl. I think this game's interesting, Tom. Utah got off to that really bad start with that loss at Florida that at the time looked okay. It has not aged well with how bad Florida's been, but Utah's a really good team. If they go on the road and win this game, I think we're looking at a Utah-USC collision course. No doubt about it, and I think Utah can really do it. I, I think UCLA has beat up on inferior competition in order to get that ranking, and I think Utah is the first good team they're going to play this year that they might – well, I mean, they've played some good teams this year, but the first good team that they have a chance to beat, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You know, good team, a team that's right on the outside looking in of the top ten. And then I'm putting this game in here, Tom, because I just love how I can rile you up with this. We have the Red River rivalry, two unranked teams, Texas and Oklahoma – at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas Fort Worth. You know, I was saying I was about to say, well, at least they're saving the environment because, you know, they they're they're meeting in the middle, but then I thought, what am I saying? Instead of taking one bus or plane to one place, they're both taking buses or planes and we're talking about the south as if they fucking care about the environment. Fuck them, I won't watch a minute of this game. <laughs> There's no implications, that- nothing matters. Both teams are well out of it. Screw them. You just gave me everything I wanted, and that's why I put this game in the notes. I wanted exactly that, and you delivered for me, baby. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's, it's, some of these American traditions, I swear to God, if you told a foreigner about this, they'd be like, well, that's stupid. So, you know what I didn't realize? So, last year when we talked about it, I didn't correlate the two. I just knew that they played at the Cotton Bowl every year for the rivalry, but... 
it the the Texas State Fair is like right outside the uh, the stadium in Fort Worth. So it's like the whole party. So it's like the Texas State Fair, but it's like why is it Oklahoma, Texas? It should be Texas, Texas A and M or something like that. It's don't ask me about the state I reside in. You know how I feel about a lot of their shit. Very stupid. There's a lot of stupid people there that shouldn't have the jobs they do. Let's talk. Let's talk some NFL. Let's do it. All right. First game. We're looking at it again. Oh my god. Hold on a second. Wow. We should have had Will on this week. Now that I think about it. All three of our teams won again, Sean. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, they did. So the Jets beat the Steelers. Um, Kenny Pickett came in for a hot minute. I don't remember what quarter it was. Maybe third quarter at some point. Um, really like what I saw out of the defense. Obviously, that that Steelers offense, no matter who's playing quarterback, that offensive line sucks. We got a lot of pressure on them all day. Um Zach Wilson, there were some lulls in there, but I really did like what I like what I saw. I saw a lot of good throws. Um, the only thing that really killed me was bad penalties from the Jets. This game shouldn't have been as close as it was, and they shouldn't have had to make that fierce comeback. But they gave up. They had a lot of bad fucking penalties. I'm looking at you, Mosley, where you fucking had an unnecessary roughness or something like that. They gave him a first down. I mean, Salah's got to clean that up, but I'm super happy with the win. Oh, dude, you have to be. But you can two things can be true. You can be very happy with the win, but very upset that the game was decided almost by penalties because we talked about this on the pod last week. They are not talented enough to have these stupid, undisciplined penalties, and Salah is supposed to be the kind of guy that cleans that shit up. It's got to get better. He says it's got to get better. It's not like you have some young players but you don't have a young defense. You have some veteran guys in there that shouldn't be committing these stupid penalties. Couldn't have said it better myself. Clean it up, Salah. And he's keeping the receipts at two and two. I know, man. And what an awesome win. I mean, this is like the, I think I saw the stat. This is their second win in Pittsburgh since Heinz field opened. Um, the last was a regular season game in 2010, but Wilson leading you down the field in his first game back, kind of shaking off the rust a little bit, but you just saw it, man. He makes plays that no, that really not a lot of other quarterbacks can make, particularly not Joe Flacco. And I thought what was cool about this game was even though you feel great after a win in week two, that wild ending in Cleveland, that was really fluky, right? Like that shit never happens. I think literally it never had happened before. Mm-hmm. But this was a classic, tough, come-from-behind win, your young second-year quarterback, has to lead your team down the field and score a touchdown, and he did it. You gotta feel awesome about it. No, I really do. I, I do, and I'm I'm excited for this week. And your boy Brees Hall scoring the go-ahead touchdown. I know, huge. Finally, he's starting to erupt. This offense hopefully rounds into form, and it's not just as much as I like to see it. Garrett Wilson getting every single pass. Build on this win, and I think that they can. Um, Shifting over to my Giants, I, I, I don't know how they do it. I, I truly don't know how they do it. I watched this <laughs> game. They are, they are Tom, they have three receivers. Daniel Jones threw for 78 yards. That was it. And it wasn't like he was bad. There were two drops, including Slayton, who's only playing because they literally don't have anybody else other than David Sills and Richie James. 
Daniel Jones runs for two touchdowns, but Saquon Barkley, I mean, you want to talk about a one-man show, man. That's that's exactly it, and the defense had another really strong showing despite the injuries. Well, I guess they went with somebody's theory out there where they were like, oh, well, we'll just let Saquon play quarterback, and they had to at some point. They, they did. I mean, Jones suffers the ankle injury, and then Tyrod comes in. His first pass, he throws a pick. The next drive, he gets the ball. He takes off on a third down run and just sandwiches himself in between two defenders and gets concussed. And then it's like, hey, uh, Saquon, why up in the Wildcat? Uh, but, dude, it, it's really crazy to me because this team is so bad. Like, <laughs> they really are so bad, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. There's guys I've never heard of <clears throat> who are getting tackles and who are, um, you know, making plays on the defensive side of the ball. And yet, I know how bad the Bears are, and I get that. But this Giants team is 3-1. and one. They should be no better than 1-3. and three. And this is just another example of how great this coaching staff is. It is. It's, it's somewhat inexplicable. Like, you can't even put into words why. Somebody's like, how did the Giants win that game? I'd be like, <laughs> I don't know, but... I mean, they won because the score was 21-12, to and, and the Giants had the lead. That's really all I can say because I'm so scratching my head about how they won this game. But great job by the coaching staff. I don't know who their quarterback's going to be this week. I, I think Daniel Jones did individual drills or something like that. I saw that note uh, while I was trying to make my picks this week. I don't know who their backup is if Daniel Jones does play because Tyrod Taylor is probably not going to get through the protocol, right? No, Tyrod's out, so it'll be Davis Webb, who is a, a practice squad quarterback. Uh, they drafted him, actually, in 2017. He's I've bounced heard around the league a little bit. Yeah. I've heard of him. Yeah. Um, I mean, good win. You guys play uh, – who the hell do you play this week? Green Bay? They're at, yeah, they're, at, they're in London against the Packers. Yes, they are in London against the Packers. Let me double-check my pick here. I'm going to have to think about that one again. I'll see where you go with it. I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll get to that later. Uh, moving on to the next game. Um, do, uh, uh, shit. We got, I guess we really got to put our serious faces on for this one. Um, Bengals beat the Dolphins 27-15. to Still, from the Bengals side, still very much worried about this offensive line. Um. I mean, I really like Burrow, but I, I'm just very concerned about this offensive line. Outside of that, Tua, I mean, that was tough to watch. It was brutal to watch. Um, you know, the the great thing about how we have our pod scheduled is we do the Wednesday after the game. So all of the intricacies and all of the little things come out over the course of the weekend and the week and we get to dissect everything with a much clearer picture. The independent neurologist was fired and that was the right move. The NFLPA um, got that right. Um, I didn't love the slander against McDan- uh, McDaniel. I mean, he's well, first year coach. He, he's trying to win. If, if the quarterback gets cleared, he's going to play him right. Like, I don't think that that's irresponsible. That's why you have these independent neurologists on, on site. They're not supposed to be affiliated with the team. No, nah, no doubt. Coach is coach. Doctors are supposed to be doctors. If the, if he says the guy can go, you're going to take the doctor's word for it. Um, I mean, I think the only reason why there was so much uproar was because 
I mean, he looked like he looked like a fucking on the first hit. I'm talking about the um, what was that? The Bills game? Or yeah. Who did they play? Was it the Bills game before that? Yeah, it was the Bills. Yeah. And he came up and he looked like a boxer when he gets knocked out, and he's still trying to stand up for the ten count, and he's fucking wobbling, and it's like that's not a neck injury. I'm sorry, but that's not no, a neck injury. To, we talked about it last week. Right, like it didn't yeah. look right even before this Thursday night game, and shocked to even out, see him in the lineup. Really, I was shocked too. But again, I'm not going to blame the team. The no. NFL and NFLPA have collectively bargained to have these independent doctors, and occasionally, Tom, you, it just like any other business, just like any other profession, you do have some bad doctors, and that's a good thing that that guy lost his job. I know we always say the same preface. We don't like calling for people's jobs, but you're dealing with people's lives, and the reason that you're there is to not have an affiliated doctor with a team who can, you know, be manipulated and persuaded otherwise to make a decision. So it it, it was really sad to see. I thought Tua actually was playing a really good game prior to him getting hurt. And I was just thinking beforehand, I actually, I'm almost texted you um, and was like, you know, it's so nice to see him be able to play with the talents of Jalen Waddle and, and Tyree kill because like, he looks like a legitimate quarterback. And then that happens. And now you obviously have to talk about the competitive side and, and what does this mean for the Dolphins season? And what does this mean for how the AFC East is going to go and all that we'll get to in due time, especially when we make picks and whatnot. But Tom, we're talking about a guy's life right now. We're talking about a guy's well-being. Um, one, one neurosurgeon said that he recommends two or retires. I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm not even going to put a timeline of how long he needs to be out, but I, I, I'm glad that he's not playing Sunday. We'll just put it that way. Yeah, it's going to be a week-to-week thing. Concussions are not linear. You could be better one day and then not the next. But, I mean, shit, I, I, I really don't know. You know, and doctors no, do miss it, stuff all the time. I mean, you're talking about real-life shit here. How many times have you heard, oh, the doctor said you were fine, and then fucking two weeks later you find out you have terminal cancer? I, maybe I hear that story more than more than most because, you know, the fiancés in the oncology industry and whatnot. But doctors miss shit, man, and this was a bad one to miss. Yep. No, it really was. And it just, it sucks. And because and, it felt like talking about a game after that, it was just irresponsible, but you had to do it. Um, and obviously I, I echo everything you said about Cincinnati. Listen, you got to win against a really, you know, disturbed team. I don't know. I don't care how much money you're getting paid. It is really hard for a team to watch their quarterback suffer an injury like that. And then immediately just flip a switch and go play. Uh, they didn't seem like they had, the same inspiration and obviously teddy bridgewater is not Tua, um but yeah hey listen the Bengals needed that win and they're back on track they're two and two um london game this past week we got a double header in weeks but the vikings they held on and beat the saints saints missed a late field goal with a double doink late i still don't feel any different about the vikings they'll put up points tom but it's all kirk cousins and he almost fucked up again primetime kirk somebody forgot to, somebody should have told him you know it's one o'clock back home right <laughs> it was actually uh 9 30 in the morning back home it was 9 30 it was what 8 30 for you but somebody should have lied to him and told him it was one o'clock i mean he finally decided to get jefferson involved even with Lattimore on him he looked really good i mean the saints also were without Jameis and kamara so i don't even really know how to feel about it it's I don't know what I don't know what's up with this Vikings team. I, I do I do have them as my sperm bank pick of the week this week. 
Whoa. Yeah. Wow. A little okay. foreshadowing. Yeah, seriously. All right. Uh, I wouldn't touch the Vikings with a 10-foot pole, but you know my rule, thanks to Kirk Cousins. Um, yeah, other than that, man, I mean, obviously, listen, the Saints showed resolve in this game. I didn't think that they would be in this game at all, and Andy Dalton was making plays. Um, and, yeah, it was, a, it was a missed field goal that, that would have tied it. Um, Olave, what a pick. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. The receivers that came out this year, we're going to be talking about for a long time. No doubt. I, I, dude, you heard it here first. I'm telling you, in about 10 years, everybody's a receiver now. I think receivers are going to become running backs in the sense that they're going to, it's, the position's going to be so oversaturated. You, you're going to be able to get a good wide receiver as an unrestricted free agent. I'm not talking yeah. soon, but I'm talking somewhere down the line, this is going to matriculate to the point where everybody's a good receiver. No, that's. I mean, that seems to be the trajectory we're on, right? And they're so they're so versatile. Like the receivers now, like you look at Olave and you look at Drake London, who was the first one taken. We haven't seen Jameis Williams yet, and then obviously Garrett Wilson, your boy, who's been awesome in his first four starts. Like these guys are not just throw the ball deep and let me catch it, or they're not just like I'm really good in the intermediate routes. These guys are great with the ball in their hands. These guys can run any route on the tree, like they and they can they can do a lot of cool shit. Like innovative football is here when you have players like that. No, no doubt about it. I'm telling you, I think I think all the athletes are moving to receiver now, and it, it's going to be interesting to see. You're either quarterback or receiver. Yeah, I, it's a good call by you, man. It, it's. The athletes right now in this sport are as good as they've ever been, really in any sport, but but particularly the NFL and and the jump from college to the NFL now. Pretty much, there's no hiccup at all. They just go right in and dominate. Um, Seahawks beat the Lions in an absolutely crazy game. Tom, I really didn't think the Seahawks would win another game after they they snuck out that Monday night win in Week One against the Broncos. But Geno Smith, have yourself a day he won the nfc offensive player of the week and the poor lions the poor lions i mean poor lions how about poor jared goff honestly i mean people shit on him and two of his losses this year he's put up damn near 50 points and this defense is just so fucking bad do you know the team that has the most points scored in the nfl through four weeks tom if i were to guess it'd be will smith's lions there you go and they are one and three. Yep, they are. Uh, their defense is putrid. I mean, you give up. Your guy goes out there and gives you another forty-plus point effort, and you give up forty-eight. Again, again, it's against the Seahawks. Smith <laughs> yeah. And the Seahawks, yeah. Like they, this is not happening against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. No words, man. Good for Geno, though. Yeah, seriously, I, I, they are, they could become that feel-good team this year, man. They, we've talked about it. the NFC is wide the fuck open, which makes what the Giants have done even that much more impressive. But if the Seahawks can win games like this and they can just hang around, they could be that team that like sneaks up on you and just like, oh shit, they're good. Yeah, no, that they could find their way into that last wild card spot. We'll see, but yeah, so they're sitting at two and two. Crazy game there. Um, the Titans, they beat the Colts 24-17. The Colts came back down to earth. Shocking. And the Titans won. Listen, they actually played a good game. Henry looked the best he's looked all year. But, man, I'm going to flip-flop every week with this. I I, I, I think the Titans are going to win this division just by default with, like, eight wins. 
I just I don't get it. I mean, the Titans are quadrupling down on the give the ball to Derrick Henry, and yet teams are still fucking not stacking the box on him. I don't get it. Is Frank Reich looking at first coach fired? Uh, right now, as of now, yeah, I would fire him yesterday. <laughs> it, it's it's pretty amazing. Like, listen, they didn't have Taylor, and that's fine. Like, Titans are not a good team, and like you said, like you see this team twice a year, every year, and you still can't figure out how to how to stop Derrick Henry. I mean, literally, just go watch the Giants game. Yeah, the Giants did exactly what they had to do: load up the box on Henry. Like, the second the guy gets to the line of scrimmage, you should already have, like, four guys touching him. And It's remarkable. And and, and you haven't figured it out yet. I, I don't get it. Who is going to beat you on the outside? Nobody. Robert Woods coming off an Achilles? Well, I, I mean, did, their new rookie I, that they drafted is hurt, so who? Yeah, I think I did see that, that Woods scored a touchdown in this game, but it doesn't matter. It's still, like... You gave up 24 points to a Titans team that offensively is challenged, to say the least. Um, Chargers go into Houston, and they win 34-24. Herbert looked good. He didn't look great, but he looked good. The Texans are not a good team. And listen, if the Chargers are at all serious this year, they had to win this game, and they did. Honestly, a lot of concerns for the Chargers, though. I don't know how closely you watch this game. I think they got off to like a... I don't want to say – I think they got off to like a 24 nothing lead or something like that, and the Titans stormed damn near all the way back. Luckily, the Chargers decided to give the ball to Austin Eckler, but you know, playing, a, playing better teams, I'm super concerned because of the amount of injuries on this, on this defense because Bosa's out for a while. J.C. Jackson still hasn't been able to get his footing because he's been hurt. The only guy for them that's really been playing lights out is Khalil Mack. I am super concerned about the Chargers. Yeah, you have to be, right? And I, I, I went chapter and verse about the coach last week. I'm not going to do it again. Coach you sucks. Know my thoughts Sorry. On him. Yeah, he does. Um, I know I loved him. I picked him to win coach of the year. Time to I get know, somebody else fallen, in there. You've fallen out of love fast. Um, yeah, and, and the Texans, just to say this, because obviously the story is the Chargers, but this is going to be what it's like on the Texans a lot this year. Like I have red zone on and I'm watching them like, Oh, they suck. They can't score. And then all of a sudden it's like, where the hell did that come from? Remember week one, they were down to the Colts 21 to three or something. And they came all the way back in the fourth quarter and they forced a tie. They're a frisky team. Yeah. Davis Mills is not the worst quarterback ever. No, he's not. And they don't have a lot of talent, but Lovey Smith is a really good coach, and they play for him. So uh, they're not going to be a cakewalk uh, for any opponent, but good for the Chargers getting that win. They needed it. Falcons beat the Browns in a close one, 23-20. I thought the Browns were going to score. I thought they were going to come back and win this game. They didn't. And maybe Mariota has a little something, Tom, because the Falcons are not a bad team to watch right now. No, they're a lot of fun to watch. Their defense is terrible, but, I mean, that offense can score in bunches. With Drake London, I mean, Pitts, they need to get involved more. And and Patterson went on the IR, but Mariota is a lot of fun to watch. Mariota's been one of the best quarterback signings, not counting, you know, the big guys so far this year. Like, he didn't start for a few years there. and I mean, I would still even count it. Ball. I would count it with the big guys. Russell Wilson hasn't shown you dick. No. I'm trying to think of the no, other guys who moved. Baker. Yep. Who? I mean, what's the what's the quarterback signing that we like better than that? No, right now I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. 
I mean, I was gonna, I was waiting to see if there was gonna be anything that um, that Wentz did in Washington, but nothing no. there. Speaking of Wentz and Washington, Wentz and Washington, good segue there. Cowboys beat the shit out of the Commanders. The, sorry, the Washington Football Team. They suck ass. They really do. Um, I know they had that little bit of a run against the Jaguars there at the beginning of the year. Don't care. Um, CD Lamb was awoken, and this Cowboys defense is something else. Yeah, I, I was. I did a lot of shitting on Will last week for some of his takes, but I'm going to get up here and I'm going to apologize to Will Smith in Week One, uh, or I'm sorry, Week Two's podcast reflecting on Week One. I said that the Cowboys were a bend not break defense. Yeah, I'm wrong. Um, they don't give up anything. Uh, I thought that they would give up yards and just not give up a lot of points. They don't give up a lot of yards. They don't give up a lot of points. They don't give up anything. This defense is elite. Oh, yeah, they are. They they have, they are good at all three levels, like Will says. Um, Eagles beat the Jaguars. Um, I think the Eagles are going to be favored in every single game from here on out. really do. I mean, I think they were favored in this one, but I went through that schedule. I think they have two tough games coming up outside of um, a couple of divisionals, maybe against the Giants because those divisionals always get frisky. But undefeated watch. Oh, man. It just pains me. It pains me because I hate them so, so much. They are so uh, good. And Hurts, Hurts, I was listening to Dilfer talk about him. He has gotten, like, leaps and bounds better. Well, you know, look at what they give him again. I don't mean for this to sound like a cop-out, but it's it's two things. One, I think Hurts has gotten to, to be a better quarterback in this league, right? And he has the full trust of the head coach when he didn't necessarily have that his first two years in the league. He's got that now. But you also get him A.J. Brown, right? And that is a huge deal for a quarterback. And they have a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the ball. He is a much more accurate passer. Uh, obviously, we know what he can do with his legs. And the defense is super solid. I mean, when you have Darius Slay and James Bradbury, you're welcome the Eagles to just have him because of Dave Gettleman. Um, I mean, they're shutting guys down deep down the field. And I know the Jaguars were up early in this game, but once the Eagles scored, it didn't seem like the Jags were going to score again. No, and I still like this Jaguars team against lesser teams, but the Eagles are just too good. Undefeated watch. So let's seriously talk about this. The Giants don't play them actually until like week 14. I think they play them week 14 and yeah, week they play 18. Them. Yeah, they play them almost back to – it feels like back to back, but they play them very late. Um, I, I don't think – they're not going to go undefeated. I think the Giants are going to win one of those games just on themselves right there. I hope they have much more talent on the offensive side of the ball come that time of year. But, I mean, Tom, seriously, if they're going to be favored in just about every game, I know that doesn't translate to winning every game, but – yeah, I look up and down this NFC. I'm like, what team is undisputably better than them? I guess, you know, if you catch the Rams on a really good day, if you catch the Cowboys on a really good day, I mean, we don't know what the Packers are going to turn into. I think this is Philly's conference right now to lose. No, no doubt about it. I mean, I guess I would say Rams over them. Just that because they're defending Super Bowl champs. Outside of that, I mean, they are the best team, and they're better than the Rams. They really are. It's just I, I don't want to count out the champs. No, and I, I've been vocal about that too. I don't either, and I don't think that they're done adding players. So, uh, But to right now, the Eagles are a juggernaut. Uh, let's move over to the Bills against the Ravens. I have a bone to pick with Harbaugh. 
Tom, I cannot for the life of me understand that when you have Justin Tucker and you have inclement conditions and you're once again having one of these games where you get off to a huge lead and you're about to choke it away and the Miami game two weeks ago, why you do not just take those three points. I don't care about analytics. I don't want to sound like a grumpy old man. I appreciate what analytics are. I appreciate they have Lamar Jackson, who's looking like an MVP, but you also have Justin Tucker. You're not sending out a guy to kick a field goal who was just signed from the practice squad. I think coaches overthink this, and you can understand why Marcus Peters lost his shit on Harbaugh after the game because this is a game they should have won. Yeah, no doubt. Um, People are going to be talking about this game for a while if if it costs the Ravens. Um, Yeah, Bills got off to a super-duper slow start and clawed their way back. Um, The Ravens' defense is very bad this year, but you're right. If it all comes down to the one play, Tucker's, I mean, but you know, outside of maybe Vinatieri, he's far and beyond the greatest kicker of all time. Um, what would you have done? I would have taken the three. I have Tucker. I mean, like you said, if you if you if you're in the Chiefs situation where you just pull somebody up off the practice squad and you have a guy of Lamar Jackson's, you know, talent, whatnot, fine. But you have fucking Justin Tucker. I mean, last year, the guy kicked a game-winning field goal that also broke the record for longest field goal ever. That's it. <laughs> I know. That That's I know. literally it. I mean, the only thing that kills me about this game is the, the Bills should, needed to win by four because I had them I had them winning by three and a half. Yeah, 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 you did. Um, to me, too, is like I understand – because here's the thing about the analytics decision. Like, the last thing I'll say on this is, okay, I understand that you want to give the ball to Lamar Jackson and have him score six, obviously seven with the extra point, and take that 27-20 lead, right? I get that. But that also says, despite how much confidence you have in your offense, it's also saying, I don't trust my defense to do shit. And in really bad weather, like you mentioned, the Bills got off to a really slow start. I know they came back, but they weren't moving the ball super effectively there for a while. That's not the; those are not the conditions, and that is not the kind of game that you say. Yeah, I think my I, I don't have any trust in my defense. You take the three, and you force them to have to at least kick a field goal to tie, and they need a touchdown to win. They're going to operate the clock a lot differently under those circumstances, particularly when it's a monsoon out. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think Harbaugh feels the same way I do about his defense, and they're trash. They're terrible. And so from that point, I get it. But, again, you've got to convert there. You cannot miss that, and you know you're going to be scrutinized, and you have some proud players on that defense, even though it sucks. Um, Speaking of sucks, the Cardinals went to Carolina, and Baker Mayfield, oh, my God, had the ball knocked down nine times at the line of scrimmage. this was not a particularly fun game. The Cardinals got a good road win, I guess, but I just take away that the Panthers suck. Panthers do suck, and I'm seeing a lot. Of, I've seen Bleacher Report and a bunch of other apps talking about Sam Darnold getting ready to come back. I think he's injured right now, but he can't be worse. They were not this bad last year. Sam Darnold right now, in my eyes, is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. Oh, my God. It's crazy to say, but it's true. Well, we also haven't seen him play uh, since last year when he was really, really 
bad too. But what an awful situation, right? Like you have two of the top three overall picks from the 2018 draft, both quarterbacks. How often does that? Uh, that's probably never happened. No, it can't have ever happened. And it was never. None of them were drafted by the Panthers. Like, dude, I'm telling you, I hate shitting on him because he doesn't seem like a prick. But Britt Baker Mayfield, he is just awful. Terrible, terrible. Cannot move the ball at all. I don't know what the hell. I mean, there was a point in time where he actually looked like a halfway decent quarterback. Never never going to be your top five guy, never even going to be your top ten guy, but a guy that might be able to win you a playoff game. Like, even I'd say a Kirk Cousins where it's like, yeah, we shit on Kirk. But he's played in the league for this long, and he does put up the numbers. I mean, now it's just like, can this guy complete a fucking pass? Can he get the ball over the defensive line. He's talk about seeing ghosts. Maybe him and Darnold should stay away from each other. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that's that was, that's a lot. They're going to need a full-on exorcism to deal with that. Um, it's it's a really bad situation down in Carolina. Matt Rule, I mean, every day he's not fired. I'm surprised. Do you take anything away from the Cardinals, or did you just say, eh, they beat a really shitty team? That's all I really say. I, again, I'm going to beg you to get McCaffrey and Moore involved, specifically Moore. And this is why I'm clamoring for my baby boy to come back because Moore had 1,200 yards with him last year. So, come on. My fantasy team's in the fucking toilet. Yeah, we can't have that. Um, I mean, I played great last week, but my buddy's team played better. Well, sometimes that happens, man. It's all right. Champs, I don't, worry about, I don't worry about the beginning of the year. We're, we're, still, in, we're still in the first as of last week, we're still in the first quarter of the season. So let's keep it rolling. Don't worry. I'll talk to everybody in the playoffs. You got plenty of time, and your track record speaks for itself. So Thank there you, you go. The Greenwich Big Dogs. All right. Big Dogs. Raiders beat the Broncos 32-23. The Raiders needed this win. Tom, I picked this game. I got it right. I felt good about the Raiders at home. The Broncos are still not good. Russell Wilson has become checked down Charlie, and I can't get over it. He looks like Flacco when Flacco was playing with the Jets. Not a knock on Flacco, but these you should not be comparing Russell Wilson to Joe Flacco in terms of not taking shots down the field and just checking down three, four, five yards to the open guy in the flat. Shell of himself. What else can you say? Are we looking right now in live time at one of the worst trades slash signings in NFL history? Could you imagine the fact that last year we were talking about it as somewhat of a bargain? Well, uh, not us, but in NFL in general. I can't. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It really is. And these, I mean, again, I don't know how many picks the Broncos got out of that, but could you imagine, or excuse me, the Seahawks, but... That's going to make up for the Jamal Adams trade, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah, the Jamal Adams is still one that's god-awful, and obviously it sucks that he tore his quad uh, first game of the season this year, but for a safety to give him that much capital is nuts. But yeah, Russell Wilson, man, I mean, he looks bad, and the Broncos are just so not fun to watch. They're a really boring team. Yeah, no, they just – it's – it's a tough two and a half hours. That's what it is. It's just a tough. <laughs> it's like, it's like, did they play the whole game? Because it feels like nothing happened. No, it doesn't feel like anything happens at all. And from the Raiders' standpoint, um, hey, listen, Carr looked as good as he has all year in this game. They needed to win this game. 
Um, and I don't know if it sparks anything. I mean, look, they're one and three right now, right? So um, they, they should never lost that game to Arizona. They shouldn't have probably lost to Tennessee, but they did. Uh, but there's questions in that division, especially if Denver's going to suck and the Chargers are going to have their issues. So maybe maybe this is the start of something for Vegas. Yeah, you got to hope so. As uh, Didn't you pick them to go to the playoffs? I picked them to win that division. Yeah, you got to hope so as uh, a guy rooting that heavy for him. I don't see it. I, I still see a lot of chinks in the armor and playing better teams. I think I used that analogy twice today, but playing better teams, I don't see it. Um, but oh, hey. There's one really, really good team heading that, leading that division that we all uh-huh. might have slept on a little bit. <laughs> no doubt about it. We're going to talk about that team in a little bit. I didn't sleep on them because I think I have them winning the Super Bowl. Um Packers beat the Patriots 27-24. to Patriots ended up playing their third-string quarterback. He's got a cool name, but I forgot what it was. Bailey um, Zappi. Zappi, yeah. Not to be confused with Frank Zappa. Um, nice. But, yeah, I mean, Packers, they are the definition of a bend-don't-break team, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, Will was probably grinning to himself saying, oh, my God, I'm going to give them so much shit if they lose to the Patriots. And I guess he could even maybe smile a little bit if he didn't go out on such a limb with his Lions. But, yeah, I mean, the Packers, they have flaws. I, I still trust them because they have number 12. But, I mean, man, how do you how do you meet overtime and to kick a game-winning field goal against the New England Patriots with Bailey Zappi? I mean, Rodgers did throw an absolutely – abysmal pick six that looked like Daniel Jones was going to throw that or Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield. Like, what are you doing? Um, but this actually showed me pretty good Patriots. Like maybe they're not terrible. They're, they're probably going to be on the losing end of a lot of games that go like this, but I did not think this would be a game. Obviously I think the spread was 10 and a half and, and they, they, they went into OT. Yeah, I feel like a fucking idiot for taking that spread, but I mean, I picked. I was picking against Brian Hoyer. I didn't know this zappy guy was going to come out and sling the fucking ball all over the yard. No, and for the Packers, listen, their defense I still really like, but it has had some flaws. They've given up some big plays, but this offense is, is not right, and particularly due to the fact that I think it's Dobbs. I mean, he dropped a wide-open touchdown pass in the end zone. I don't think Rodgers knows who to trust yet other than the ageless wonder of Randall Cobb and on occasion Alan Lazard. Yeah, I mean, this def- I mean, excuse me, this offense might look totally different in a couple of weeks. I think he just needs to start dumping the ball more. He's got two fucking electric running backs. No, he does. Those guys, oh, man, they are they are really hard to stop. That's what I'm saying. Just start dumping it. It could be the way they end up winning games, especially if their defense rounds into form. Um, on the Sunday night game, the Chiefs beat the Bucks 41-31. I don't care what the final score of this game was. It was never close. Patrick Mahomes went on an FU tour since that last time he played in that stadium was on the losing end of the Super Bowl back in February of 2021, and he lit up a really staunch Tampa Bay defense. They didn't look staunch that day. I mean, I swear I felt like half their team was hurt, but they really weren't. Um, He was just making them look stupid out there. And is it finally time to say that Brady has lost a step? I know he's lost a wife, but has he lost a step? Sorry, sorry. Okay, let let me me ask you. Did you rehearse that line? No, I swear to God it just came to me. 
Okay, because that sounded like you really, really wanted to get that in there. Either way, you'll get the standing ovation from me. That was great. No, um, no, no. That just came to me because I was like, how am I going to say Brady Brady looks washed? And then I said, lost a step. And I was like, oh, shit, look at this. It's just oh, sitting right there for me. Let me grab it. The smart ass of you was like listening to yourself formulate that sentence. It's like, oh, I'm putting this on a pedestal for myself. Well Genius. done. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, we we know what's going on with him and Giselle. Uh, maybe Zach Wilson's going to make a move in there. Why not? You're um, still single, right, Sean? I'm still single. Yeah. Giselle, if you're listening, Giselle, Austin, Texas, nice place to live. Sean will. It's a great place Sean, to live. Sean's willing for you. He's willing to kiss his stepkids on the lips. I I don't I don't want to say that because uh, <laughs> I'm not. But listen, I, things are things are good down here in Austin, and uh, you know it's not bad being Sean right now. So yeah, just got his own apartment. Yeah, this is a good this is a good life to this is a good life to join. Um, and yeah, that would be that would be wonderful. But Brady, it, the whole thing is weird. Uh, he's weird. He's turned into a very strange guy. The one thing we do know is that the Tampa Bay offense is super unpredictable because you have guys like Julio Jones and Godwin and Fournette who get hurt a lot, and you're going to have weeks where even though they scored 31, and on most weeks that's good enough to win, it's not good enough to beat a team like what Kansas City is right now. I've got a theory that all these old quarterbacks, you know, they're just so much older than the rest of their team that they just get weird. Rodgers is weird. Brady's weird. I mean, look at fucking Brett Favre. He's pretty weird. And uh, he's a criminal. Wilson, Wilson's getting a little weird, and I think he's he's only going to get weirder. Uh, I'm just trying to think of these quarterbacks where, you know, I guess you could say like LeBron is so much older than the rest of his team, but that's kind of like an anomaly in the NBA for a guy playing that long. But these quarterbacks are one position where you seemingly can play much longer outside a kicker than any other position. And you're, you know, three times the age of some of these guys on your team. That's my theory. You just, you get a little weird. It's a fair one. Um, Listen, I mean, he's on the campaign trail for all of his Brady brand shit and he's doing all the social media now and he's throwing tablets and he's you know he's getting to be a little bit of a curmudgeon old man which you know me I can respect um but yeah I mean listen I think this team's gonna be fine I, I would never count out Brady I would never count out this defense I like this defense but this is just one of those games when, where I feel like Mahomes and, and the whole Kansas City organization had circled on their schedule and was like, we're going to go in there and we are just going to kick the living shit out of them. And I love the fact that they weren't getting a tremendous amount of love this year. You lose Tyreek Hill. The division gets so much better. What are the Chiefs? Here's what the Chiefs are, Tom. They are as good as ever. No doubt about it. I called it. I was right. They're my Super Bowl pick. They're going to win. They're really fucking good. Uh, and Mahomes just seems to get even better uh, as each year goes on, which I it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I didn't think that he could be better than what he was, and somehow he is because he doesn't have the safety blanket of Tyreek Hill. He's getting Pringle involved. He's getting Hartman He's got involved. the safety getting, blanket of ter- Travis Kelsey, who is a monster. Yep, and he's got Juju. I mean, he, he's got weapons all over the place. I mean, even that seventh-round running back that they had out of Rutgers, Pacheco. he looked like a player. Yeah, yeah, he's he looked great. like a player. He looks like Tyreek Hill if you don't look 
you know, if you just do a quick look, he looks like Tyreek Hill out there. Short, stocky guy, fast as fuck. Yeah, uh, they they have a type, don't they? Um, yep. Last last game on the docket here, Tom, before we review our picks and make our week five ones. Uh, 49ers on Monday night, they beat the Rams 24-9. This game was never close. This was a typical Jimmy G 49ers win. Great defense, not fucking up. Get Debo the ball. Get Debo an opportunity to run over Jalen Ramsey, which he really did. And outside of the NFC Championship game last year, Tom, where obviously we know the Rams won, the 49ers has this team's number in the regular season. Yeah, I'm confused by the Rams. They need some more offensive weapons outside of Cooper Cup and a little bit of Higby. Their running backs suck. Robinson hasn't done anything at all this year. They really miss Van Jefferson as well as OBJ. They need some more weapons. Um, from the Niners' perspective, I mean, they're they're getting out of the Lance shit. They're they're re-implementing the Jimmy G shit, getting Debo back to where he was. Ayuk made it, flashed a couple of plays. Finally, Kittle's starting to show it, um, and this defense looks really good. I, I really like the Niners. I mean, I got to stick with the Rams just because they're the champs, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see the Niners as the team going to the Super Bowl. I was watching this game. And I'm obviously not a fan of the 49ers, but I respect, I've really respected how they've won games the last few years. And I was watching that game and I see Debo, you know, just do Debo things and Garoppolo's making all these short, you know, running back wide receiver screen throws and the defense is just, you know, they're looking really formidable and Kittle's involved. And I'm like, this just feels like such a fun, way to watch football if I was a fan of this team because you know Garoppolo is not going to fuck up but you know he's they might leave a little be desired which is obviously why they wanted to go the Trey Lance route but I think this team is very comfortable playing this style of football and shit man they've won a lot doing it yeah no doubt about it but that but Jimmy does fuck up though there's always every once in a blue moon there's that him shaking his head throwing the pick you know I'm not saying he never fucks up but what I'm saying is is He's not going to be the reason you lose. Yeah, and you feel – I mean, and if you if he is the reason you lose, it's simply because he's not going to score enough points for you, which, again, is I understand why they wanted to go to Trey Lance because he's got that more electric play style, but he's also got that young rookie style where it's like, hey, man, that guy was wide open in the flat and you missed him. Yeah, no doubt I'm about it. I'm only doing that. No doubt. All right, you ready to talk picks? Yeah, let's do it. I'm not ready to talk picks and recap last week because it was not as good for me. Um, I went, I went two and two. You went three and one. Um, I took the Giants minus three in the first game. You echoed that pick. You got that one right. I took the Jets plus three and a half. You took Pittsburgh. I was right. You were wrong. I took the Bills sperm bank pick of the week. I took Green Bay. Got those wrong. You took Arizona. Plus one and a half. That one, looking back, seems like the easiest pick of the year. So good job by you on that one. <laughs> and you took the the Vegas Raiders, probably the second easiest pick of the year. So we're both at 10 and 6. We are knotted up through four weeks. Um, all right. First game of the week that I have written down here, I have the New York Jets. I believe they are at home. Yes. Against the Miami Dolphins. Um, and the Dolphins are favored by, what is it, three and a half, correct? Three and a half. All right, Sean, for me, 
I, I don't care that Teddy Bridgewater's playing quarterback. Dolphins are a very explosive team, and they have a great defense. I'm taking the Dolphins minus three and a half. I, I don't mind Teddy Bridgewater as a backup. Okay, I don't necessarily either, but he's not Tua, and I really want to see how this team responds. I, I get the defense. This team has been super impressive this year, but you know what? I was very impressed with what the Jets did last week in Pittsburgh at a place historically they don't win or play well in, and I'd like to see them carry a little bit of momentum. It is Teddy Bridgewater. Can the defense make some plays against Teddy Bridgewater? I think so. I'm going to take the New York Jets to cover this three-and-a-half-point underdog spread. All right, I like that we're going against each other here, making it interesting. Moving on to the next game. We already mentioned it. The Giants go into Lambeau. They are seven. No, they go into London. Oh. They're out in London. Yeah, they're out. Okay, I don't know what time the game is. I'm going to guess and say 930. Just wake up early. Um, Giants play the Packers. Packers are technically at home. Um, I guess they're having their own fucking Red River rivalry in London um, and the Packers are favored by seven and a half. How do you feel about this? We don't know who's playing quarterback. I got a feeling it's going to be Jones. I think it's going to be Jones. Um, it's not a high ankle sprain. It's not as bad as some of his previous injuries, but he will be hobbled a little bit. And let's be honest on the way that they've scored their points is either Saquon runs the ball in or Daniel Jones runs the ball. And he had two rushing touchdowns last week. Um, if he's compromised at all, that's bad because Kenny Galladay, as bad as he is, well, he's also hurt again. So we've got that to look forward to. We don't know if Wando Robinson or Kadarius Tony are going to play, which means that the wide receivers that that uh, Jones has to throw to are David Sills, Richie James, and uh, Darius Lee, all of whom suck. And then you got tight ends that I've never heard of who are other options as well. I'm sorry. The Packers, you got to start turning it on for me. This is a game to do it. Beat up on a bat, on a Giants team that's super compromised. There's injuries all over that defense as well. They had to bring in Landon Collins for a tryout, who I don't know if you know this, Tom, hasn't played in a while and isn't wasn't good when he was. Um, so I'm taking the Packers, seven and a half. They can easily win by that. Yeah, I'm thinking the Packers. I know I say this every week. I feel like I've picked them over the last couple of weeks. Their offense is going to turn it on eventually. Maybe this is the week where they get a spark. Give me the Packers, minus 7.5. I could also see Aaron Rodgers wearing one of those Peaky Blinders hats around all this week and them snapping <laughs> pictures of it, and it's pissing me off already. Of course it is. And it's so it's so Rodgers. Yeah, they'll win this game. I would be shocked if the Giants are in this game come the fourth quarter. What's your third game? My third game, let me slide over here, Jaguars, minus 7 at home. Ooh. Playing Houston. Okay. Yeah, that's actually a pretty solid pick. That's a big number, though. Yeah, I'm confident in the Jags. They have a fast defense, and they have Trevor Lawrence, best quarterback ever. Touchdown, Jesus. <laughs> Five fumbles last week, was it? Four fumbles? Hey, he's going to clean that up. I heard, well, is Tom Coughlin, Tom Coughlin, is he involved with the Jaguars? No, I think he's done. Well, whatever. He's going to still have his voice echoing through the hallways there. He's I heard Trevor Lawrence hasn't put down a football. He's been walking around the hallways with the football like to call when you used to have Tiki Barber do. Smart. Yeah, well it worked for Tiki. Maybe it'll maybe maybe it'll work for Trevor. Um a game that I am picking, I'm going against my own self. I'm like Batman. I'm going against my own rules here that <laughs> I've made up. Um Atlanta? Listen. No. 
Minnesota's a seven-point <laughs> home favorite, and they're playing the Bears. Now, I would probably have stayed away from this game, but I had the unfortunate opportunity to watch the Chicago Bears play my New York Giants last week, and it was a really, really rough showing. They suck. Their defense is pretty good, but it's on the field a lot, and their offense is horrible. This is a 1 o'clock game in Minnesota. Nobody will be watching this game. Kirk Cousins, say your time to shine, baby, and give me the Vikings. Sean, uh, that is my sperm bank pick of the week. You you had a nice poker face on there when I mentioned it earlier. You didn't make it sound like you were picking them at all, but I echo everything you say there. I know we don't like taking the Vikings. I usually tend to go with your rules there, but the fact that they're playing at 1 o'clock and they're playing the Chicago Bears sold me. Vikings minus 7. That's it. That's your sperm bank pick of the week. I love it. And I'm rooting for you to hit your sperm bank pick of the week this week because that means I win as well. And then my final game, Tom, I'm going to Carolina. This worked very well for me last week when I picked the Cardinals to beat them. This time the spread's a little bit larger, but San Francisco's going to Carolina. Carolina's a six-and-a-half-point home dog. Give me the Niners. I mean, Baker sucks. I think they're really not playing for Matt Rule right now. San Francisco got a good win uh, against the Rams. Go get another one this week. Yeah, it'll be really nice to see Bryce Young or um, what's the Ohio State quarterback's name? C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud as a, as a Panthers quarterback. They're going to have, for once, for a uh, first overall pick, they're really going to have some ready-made weapons in there for them. Yeah, I mean, listen, the, the the team is bad, but they, they, they have some personnel that's very exciting. Yeah, no, their quarterback is just terrible, and they have no and defense. And coach sucks. Yeah, that too. All right, man, well, that's pretty much it. You got anything else going on? No, man, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do this weekend. ACL week one is this weekend. I'm not going. I did not want to buy the tickets. Not a huge fan of the lineup. But it's going to be fucking crazy down here. So maybe find my way um, to a couple of things. I'm sure there's going to be shit going on. Um, I did go to the Texas game last week. I will report to you. I did not oh, buy yes. a shirt, a hat, or anything. I sat there in a uh, in a nice plain white tee. I was rooting for Texas. They got the win. That was fun to be at. But no fraudulence here. Um, so that was pretty fun. And, yeah, we'll see, see what goes on this weekend. What about you? Um, last weekend I worked on Saturday, this weekend I'm going to work on Saturday, I'm going to try and get a little golf in, it's supposed to warm up and the, and the rain's supposed to go away, 70s the next two days, I'm going to try and sneak out of work early, one of those days, get a little golf in, and then Sunday I'm doing quote unquote fall stuff. Uh oh. Yep. This is, All right. This is, uh. This is the time of year. This is engaged life, man. This is girlfriend, fiance, wife, engaged life. So you couldn't uh, – well, I guess if you're working Saturday, you can't pull it Saturday. And maybe she's working too, right? She maybe is she not Saturday? working, but I am working. Um, yeah. Yeah, my boss pulled the old, I'm going to ask you to do overtime a month in advance trick and then just remind you at the time and future me – said future me will deal with that and now future me is dealing with that and I'm not happy about it. No, you don't mad sound- past me. Yeah, well, you should be. Past you make some dumb decisions, but you've made some good ones too. Um, and yeah, man, well, the fall stuff, listen, it is the time of the year for golf. Uh, on the other hand, your your days are not, they're relatively numbered, I would say. So yeah, go thank out, you for reminding me. <laughs> 
So enjoy them while you can. But yeah, I guess I might be the one uh, supplying a lot of the. Uh, I was watching this game when we do our NFL Wednesday, but I know you always get caught up because not only are you a uh, an NFL guru, but you're now a college football savant. So you'll get everything in. Yeah, I got Hulu on the phone with Red Zone and every other channel, so I'll be fine. So what do you think the fall stuff is going to include? Um, I don't know. I mean, usually whenever I go to these, um, I guess, orchards, you know, we are, we're all gung-ho. I put my bean boots on, and we're going to go fucking pull apples down from a tree. And then when we just we go into the shop. We buy an apple pie. We get a hard cider. Um we buy we buy a bushel of apples or whatever, and then we leave. And it's like, oh, that was so much easier. It's like, well, we also could have done that at the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wouldn't have had to get draw, dressed up at the grocery store, or you're not going to pick apples off. The yeah, tree. and they would have been half the price. Well, no, we don't All even right. pick them off the tree. You buy ones that somebody else picked out of the fucking exactly. bucket. That's what I'm saying. So it's hey, listen, you got to enjoy it. That is, this is the only time of the year that I miss being up there. No, it is a great time. Fall, fall is a lot of fun. I love like hoodie season where it's not too, you know, it's not brutally cold where you just want to be inside all the time, but it's not too hot. Um, it's a very short time and I'm going to try and enjoy it. It sounds like you're going to have a very easy time enjoying it. So I, I hope you have a great time with the fiance on Sunday and, uh, you know, hope work isn't too bad and you get around in. I hope so, man. I'll uh, I'll be talking to you next week. Yeah, absolutely. We've got uh, wild card series to recap. We've got division series to preview. Uh, another week of college football and NFL will be in the book. So looking forward to it. And an NBA preview sometime in there as well. Yes, sir. Enjoy your weekend. I hope you get into something fun. Uh, good luck with the traffic. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> All right, man. Everybody enjoy their week. And uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Take care, everybody.